invite you to come up. Would you help me welcome Brother Egan as he comes this morning to minister to us? Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. Good to see you all, each and every one. Hannah and I, we are very happy and pleased to be back in Lake Charles and to be back with you. Um, you know, you know, I have a lot of stuff and uh, I'm only a man. I'm not a woman. I don't, I don't know what to do. And then, you know, in my Bible, I have some notes. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you see. <laughs> so many years, actually many years ago, now I can't remember. One, one time my wife, Hannah, she went to Europe. She went to Denmark. Some family business, I think it was. And she left me alone. Yeah. She left me alone. In Africa. In my house. And I don't know to cook. So she, I mean, there were notes everywhere in my house. How to open the drawer. How to use the washing machine. How to open the refrigerator. I mean, she, she's a very good wife. She's a very good wife. She's absolutely the best of the best. Uh, God really blessed me. But I became so confused. So many notes to read. So I decided, maybe the Lord is speaking to me to fast. <laughs> and pray. And actually I did. <laughs> and when I became hungry, I drank water. I filled my belly with water. <laughs> I was so happy when she came back home again. So, even now I have some, I have some notes from my wife. Remember. Remember. Because I always forget, you know. I, I want to go to the Word. I want to preach. So I forget it. And even sometimes when I have so many notes in my Bible from my wife, I, for, I forget it all. So, it says sign-up sheets. It means... When she's talking to me to sign up, I better sign up. Otherwise, I'm in trouble. It means you better sign up before you leave today. Or you're in trouble. Not with me, but with my wife. <laughs> what does it mean, sign up? We want to stay in touch with you. And my wife, every month, she sent out e e email rep reports about what God is doing. Because, you know, when we come, I can't tell you everything. Because then we have to stay for, I don't know for how long, if I should tell everything. So, every month, she is sending out email reports about what God is doing in, in our ministry in Africa. Then, out there at the table, there's a sign-up sheet. And we need your email address. And please... Make it nicely readable. Because if we can't read it, you never hear anything from us. I'm just a small mistake, you know. And you don't get our emails. And then you think we are liars. We are not liars. We didn't have the interpretation. <laughs> to read it right. And we really want to stay in touch with you. So please sign up. And then I have my books. I, I have the book Into Africa. Um, 
Many people ask me during the years to, to make a book telling the testimonies about our lives. And finally, I did it. And I thought it would be easy to get it out in the U.S. But it became very difficult. Very difficult. Uh, so it, it came out in Europe in, in the Danish language. Um, I think the Norwegian language. And um, so I, I talked about it on my Facebook site. And then a guy in Arkansas. <laughs> I mean... It, you don't have rednecks here? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm picking up words, you know. So, so he, he asked me on, on, on the Facebook, when, will you, when, when it's coming out in English? And I answer, when somebody is helping me. Fifteen minutes later, it was done. Fifteen minutes. Somebody in Florida read my, my comments and he responded and took all the responsibilities and paid all the bills. So I know this book is a miracle book. Miracle book. It didn't cost me a penny. 15, I mean Facebook, you know, Facebook, you know. A lot of funny stuff is going on on Facebook. But God can use a Facebook. He can. So this one is, is a hard, what do you call it, hardback? Hardcover, how much is it? Oh, I had to read the note. 29 29 Now $29.99, 29, I have to remember we are in, in US. $29.98. You can get it on Amazon.com, but it costs even more on Amazon.com. So we, we made a, a special f- for you today. And uh, then uh, it's, uh, you can also get this one. It's the same one into Africa for twelve ninety eight. But if you take the new one together, you, you can get both for 20 No, no, $90.99. <laughs> this one is new and it's, it's not new, it's old. Actually, it's my teaching notes. I've been teaching for many, many years in Norway. Every month of January, we go to Norway. I've been teaching at Bible school. And actually, it's my teaching notes. Uh, eagle or chicken, what do you want to be? It's your decision. A chicken? Going picking all day long? Or an eagle? You know, sometimes, I'm not talking about you, but some Christians irritate me. I, I, I said, I'm not talking about you. Even if you listen on online. Some of the Christians. Because some Christians have the idea that God is going to do everything and I'm not going to do anything. That's wrong. You have to make up your mind. You have to make your decisions. You are not going to heaven if you don't want to get saved. Hmm? I'll try it again. You are not going to heaven if you don't want to get saved. And Jesus is the Savior. We would never end up in Africa. God called us. I don't know why God called us. I've asked him 100, no, 1,000 times or even more. And he never answered me. So I, I don't ask him again. But I have an agenda when I come to heaven. I will ask him in heaven. And I'm not leaving. I want an answer. Why in the world did God call me and my wife to move to Africa in 1974? I never understood why. But we had to obey it was our decision. 
You can have the calling of God and nothing is going to happen until you react. What do you want to be? A chicken or an eagle? Please visit the table when when the service is over. Am I okay? Oh, then the video. We are supposed to show a video. I think it's three minutes. So when I was 26 years young, that's some years ago, 26. And my wife, she, she was 24. She is younger than me, two years. We packed our suitcases, just a few of them. We had two small kids, Tinang, she was almost four. Ruben, he was two. And we went to Africa, to East Africa, Tanzania. That time, because it's a long time ago, it's 48 years ago. Uh, I know you look at me, I must be old. If you live long enough, you get older too. And if not, you will die. So you choose. <laughs> but that time, uh, nobody went on, on a mission trip. Now, you know, nowadays people are coming on mission trips for a couple of weeks, three weeks, a month, two months. Or, uh, that time was different. When you went, you went. No mission trip. We've never been to Africa. We, did, we actually didn't know anything about Africa. And uh, actually, to be honest, it was crazy. It was stupid. It was dumb, as some people thought. Sometimes when God is calling us to do something, it looks stupid and dumb. God called Noah to build an ark, a ship. There's no water, no ocean. That was stupid and dumb until the rain came. So, uh, in the beginning it was very difficult because that time in Tanzania, no English, no English, no English. Only Swahili. And it takes some time to, 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 to be able to preach in Swahili. You can always say Jambo, Jambo, Jambo. It means hi, hi, Abarigani, how are you? You can pick up some words, but when you're preaching, you need, to, you, need to, you need to understand the language. But you have to begin. You have to start. And when you begin and when you start, you do mistakes. And I still do mistakes. Because I'm not perfect. Maybe you are, I don't know, because I don't know you, but uh, then I will ask your spouse. (laughs) But it's okay to do mistakes if you don't plan to do mistakes. Amen? Amen? Even my Bible is full of people who are making mistakes. So, no, I'm coming to my point, you know, now I'm, I'm getting older, older. I mean, if you try to figure it out, I was born 1948, they told me. I can't remember. <laughs> 48 years in Tanzania, we moved. Actually, we moved. Missionaries, sometimes, you know, they come for a period. They go back home for six months or one year. They come back again. We figured out God called us to move, so we moved. So we built our house. We, I mean, when we left, we didn't have anything. Of course, we had some churches in Europe supporting us, but we didn't have anything. We started by faith, believing and trusting God. And that's not that easy. It's not that easy. If you try to tell me it's easy, I would like you to come and work together with me in Africa. I've just been working on my next year's schedule. 
because you have to organize, you have to plan. I have a staff, local staff of 109 people. They need a salary every month. I don't have any businesses. I only believe. And that's not easy. But there are 109 people working together with us. They have families. They have the wives and the husband, the kids. They need them. They need their salaries. So I have, to, I have to believe and trust God all the time. I'm not a professional. And I will never become a professional in believing God. Because you have ups and you have downs. But I figured out, as Charles Spurgeon said, consider how precious a soul must be. A soul. Not stuff, not things. But a human being. When both God and the devil are after it. Everything in ministry and everything in church should be about souls. Everything in Christian life should be about souls. God sent his son because he loved the world. And Jesus became the first missionary. And every follower of Jesus should become some kind of a missionary. It took some time before the amen came out. (laughs) So I'm trying trying to to get to the point. You know, now I'm getting older. And actually, uh, compared to the worldly system, I should retire some years ago. But how can you retire from a Christian life? How can you retire from following Jesus? So, uh, I mean, I thought maybe I should, uh, you know, cut something off uh, of what I'm doing because I'm getting older. But God has different plans. He's telling me to step up. If it's not God, I'm telling myself, step up. Because the future is the... No, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I believe when I read my Bible, God has something for every follower of Christ. It's nothing about the number of years you have been living. If you're still alive, God can and God will use you. Amen? Let me just give you an example. Uh, We went to Denmark traveling the churches. um, Was in May? In the month of May. And you know, because of the war and, and, and uh, the inflation and the price uh, taggers, everything has gone up. And in Europe, the, 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 the going to a gas station, <laughs> my goodness. You, you are crying over here, but over here in Europe is still cheap compared to Europe. It's so expensive. And normally, I, I rent a car, I have to rent a car. And normally, I refuel very often because I don't like to see the empty. So, but this time, I, I didn't go to the gas station, and it was down to the empty. And we, we were supposed to go into a city, and I told my wife, well, I know a gas station, I will go in there and I will refuel it. On the way, I recognized I couldn't make it. So I told my wife, please look at the GPS, where we can find the closest gas station. And we find one, and we went in. And as soon as I went in, and I jumped out of my car, another guy on the other side, he jumped out of his car. I looked at him, he looked at me, and we smiled. I knew him. 
and he had his credit card in his hand, ready to pump it, to, to put it in the machine, you know, to fuel his car. And I, I'm a, I like jokes, so I said, oh my goodness, God is so good. Maybe I can use your card as well. And my wife, she was sitting in the car, said, shut up, shut up, you can't do that. You would offend him. And then he smiled, he said, of course you can. I said, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it, it was just a joke. Then he came over to me and he said, if I want to fuel your car, will you allow me? I said, yes I will, but you you have to understand, it's totally empty. It's dried up. And he put a car in the machine and he fueled my tank. God used him. He's not a missionary, he's not a pastor, he's not, I mean, but he is a Christian, follower of Jesus. God used him. That's what I mean. Every follower of Jesus, God can use everyone. Everyone. Because of the souls. Everything about God is about souls. Last year I got sick. I didn't plan to be sick, I don't like to be sick. Three days before leaving U.S. from New Orleans, I was supposed to preach on Sunday. Uh, I, 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 I felt I wasn't okay, but then I got, I got terrible sick. And Friday night, they took me to the emergency room. And, and, and while I was in the emergency room, my appendix erupted. And it was very bad. I don't like to go there, but it was bad. I can't remember everything. But one night, one night, the night shift of the nurses, a nurse came in, a black lady. And she, she didn't irritate me because, because she was a lady or because she was black. I'm colorblind. I live in Africa. But she was so excited. And I was so, I was so sick. And I was in so much pain. I couldn't lift my head up from the pillow. And she was excited. She was happy. So I said, what is going on? Then she said, you know, we figured out who you are. I don't know if this, this is allowed. Out there in the office, they went into the computer, put in my name, and found me. You are a missionary. You are a preacher. You have a Bible school. You, I mean, I forgot to tell you about the Bible school. But we had a Bible school for minutes for many years. And, and every year we graduated about 70, 75, 80 people. But four years ago something great happened. We graduated 400 ministers. And the, 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 three years ago we graduated 800 ministers. And last year, in December, we graduated 1,200 ministers. And this coming December, the Sunday the 4th, I think it is, we are graduating 936 ministers. And 10 of them, for the very first time in our, in our life, in our ministry, we have 10 who are graduating with, with, with uh, what is it called? PhD. PhD. From 1974, we're two small kids and a beautiful young bride and knowing nothing. It's about souls. And she, she knew all of that. Because she went into the computer. But then she said. I need your help. I thought you are wrong. I need your help. <laughs> you are here to serve me. I'm not here in the bed to serve you. 
But everything is about souls. And then she said, I'm a pastor's wife. And actually she said, I'm from uh, Lake Charles. We have a church, a small church. And then, then she opened up her heart and she gave me all her struggles and problems being a pastor's wife. I thought to myself, Lord, kick out my room. I'm so tired. I can't handle it. But she was talking, 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 talking about her problems, problems. I thought, I have problems bigger than your problems. I don't know if I'm going to survive. Finally, she stopped and looked at me. She said, I'm sorry, but please, could you pray for me? I hardly didn't have any voice. I mean, I was hooked up the left arm, the, the right arm. Beep, beep, beep all the time. Beep, beep, beep all the time. Beep, beep all the time. Beep, beep all the time. It, it made me crazy. Beep, beep all the time. Beep, beep all the time. And it, I, I mean, so I had to pray. I didn't have any feelings. If I had any feelings, I feel so bad. But I prayed a short prayer. And she was happy. And she said, have a good night. And she was leaving. I thought, now I'm going to have a good night. <laughs> Next morning, knock, knock. Because every, it's everything about souls. People. People. She came with two other nurses. And she said, I'm so sorry, but you need to pray for them. They need prayers too. So I prayed for them. And after a while, I thought, this is amazing. I was so close to death. And God still used me. Just, it's wrong word, I know. Just to pray for somebody for 30 seconds. God value the souls. More than anything else. The devil is after the souls. By the way, even the devil is watching you in the church this morning. He said, no, okay, here we go. While I'm preaching, some thoughts are coming to you. Not nice thoughts. You didn't plan for it. You don't have notes in your Bible about it. Just thoughts. Where are the thoughts coming from? Stupid, dumb thoughts. The devil. The devil. He wants your soul. But God, you know, there's a saying I hear often in U.S. that uh, somebody dies, you know, and, and everybody believes everybody's going to heaven. Uh, I, I doubt that uh, part of it. But then uh, my mom, she's watching over me. And my uncle is watching over me. No, he's not. It's not in the Bible. My mom died five, six years ago. She's not watching over me anymore. She did it before. But God is watching over us. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He's there 24-7. Every day, every night, every week, every month, every year, every minute, every second, he's watching over you. Because he loves you. Compared to the devil, he don't love you. He never gave anything to save you. Never. But God gave his best. He gave his son. Jesus gave his life. Jesus gave his blood. 
So now I want to I want to take you on a trip. You know, I, I, I forgot I forgot everything about the left arm. Because I lived 48 years in Africa, and our our churches in our church at home it starts 9:30 in the morning, it ends 12:30, three hours at least, and it's a short service. Because when we go home, all the other churches are continuing until four or five in the afternoon. So I, I mean, I try to I try to do it sh- short, but it's sometimes difficult to do it short. But if you leave, I'll leave it together with you. But before you leave, <laughs> I want to take you on a mission trip. And actually, normally I don't read. read I, I'm, and I'm preaching from my heart. You have my, my notes and prepared everything. But this, this part I, I will read. It happened just a couple of months ago, maybe three months ago. When we turned away from the main road, it was actually it was a second day of driving to a village for a crusade. And drove towards Yushetu. It's the name of the village. It became more and more desolated and very dusty. I mean, there was nothing in nothing. There were no nothing. There were no people. There were no nothing. Just dust. And right now we have, we have a drought. So it's so terrible dusty. At a one point, we believed we were lost. And it, it's very seldom we are lost on the roads in Africa. 48 years, how can you get lost? Maybe you're too old then. But at point we believe you're lost, but suddenly we met a group of motorcycles and a few cars coming towards us to guide us to Yushetu with police protection. That's a reason for the police protection. We leave it there. After a lot of singing and speeches, I mean, Africans, they can sing. You sing wonderful, wonderful. But Africans, when they look at you, if they come here and listen to your singing, they look, what is, what is wrong with them? <laughs> they have the PA system, they have the synthesizer, piano, they have, and they have everything, but those people are not singing. In Africa, even those people who can't sing, they are singing. One of my leaders in my church at home, he is sitting on the third row behind me. And I mean, he is flat. He can't sing. But he's still singing. When he starts singing, I can't sing. Because it's so loud. I look at him. Shut up. But he's smiling. Hallelujah. He don't know he can sing. But he's worshiping and praising God. A lot of singing and speeches from different pastors, church leaders and government officials. We could finally go to bed and it was late. We were tired. It took a while before we could sleep because the hyenas. Like Charles, do you have hyenas? I don't like hyenas. Their voices are terrible and they look so evil. Had also decided to sing or more likely howling a song for us in the darkness of the night. Then you know you're out there at the end of the world. At the end of the world. But Jesus said, I will be with you. All days. All the time. Until the end of the world. But you see, for them, those people living out there is not the end of the world. It might be the end of the world for you and for me, but for them, it's the middle of the world. And they need the gospel. 
it was very special and touching experience to preach the gospel in Shetu. Because our crusade organizer, Paulo Mitanga, before he met Jesus, he served people in this village, in this area, as the local witch doctor. That's a long story. But I knew he, he was a witch doctor before he got saved. I knew his dad was a witch doctor. And I knew after Paulo got saved, his younger brother became a witch doctor. But I didn't know. He never told me when you organized the crusade in Yushetu. It was in that area, in that village, he was serving the local people as a witch doctor. When I proclaimed the name about every name, that's something powerful about the name of Jesus. The Bible tells me God gave him the name about every name. It's powerful the name of Jesus. If Jesus would be dead and still would be in the tomb, there would never be a power connected to his name. But because he conquered the death and is alive today, there's power in the name of Jesus. And the devil hates the name of Jesus. But uh, those followers of Jesus love the name of Jesus. When I proclaimed the name of Jesus and prayed for the many people, it was like a big explosion. I like power. I like power. I like power. I like power. I don't know about you, but I like power. I like power. I don't I think it was the first time we came to the, to the church here. I think it was the first time or the second. I can't remember. But, uh, but uh, I, I rented a car. Uh, and uh, after a short while, there was something wrong with the car. So I had to turn it in again. And he gave me another car. He gave me a brand new car. But then after a couple of weeks, they recalled it. So I, it was in Shreveport at the airport. So, so I went to the, the, to the airport in Shreveport. And I, it, was, it was a young guy behind the desk. And I said, this is, this is the second time. And now you have to give me the third car. You better give me a special car. He looked at me and he asked, do you want a Camaro? I said, yes, I want. <laughs> give it to me. So here's the funny part. We came here Sunday morning and we were told we could drive behind the building up to the back. There's a a big, big door and there would be a couple of guys receiving us. So we drove up and parked just outside the door. And we could see the two guys inside watching us. But they never opened the door. They might be in the service today, those two guys. Maybe, I don't know. Ah, we wonder why, why are they not receiving us? So I told my wife, I don't, we don't care, we just walk in. So we walked in, I opened the door, we walked in, and he looked at us, and hardly greeted us, and, and after a while they were looking us up and down, uh, and they asked me, are, are you the missionary? I said, you bet I am. Then, that, long story short, uh, they wouldn't believe a missionary could drive a Camaro. But if God is giving you a Camaro, you better drive it. (laughs) I didn't pay any extra for it. And I love that power. On the highway, until I saw the police car. I was never caught. But I love the power. I love the power in the gospel. 
Bible, the Bible tells me the gospel is the power of God. My God, Jehovah, is an almighty powerful God. By his words only, he created everything. It was like a holy chaos. And we have never had so many demon possessed people at the same time. We always have many demon possessed people. But not at the same time. It was chaotic. When people left the crusade going home in the evening, they found possessed people slain to the ground on the street or under the trees. Not at the crusade side. Like Charles, it could happen, and I think it will happen maybe differently because it's like Charles, it's another culture. But every culture needs the power of God. Whosoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. The powers of hell met the victor. And one by one the people were set free from the evil powers. When God opens heaven about people, miracles would take. I love that song, uh, the house of miracles. I said, I'm the right spot. I'm the right place. We, d- we don't just sing it. We believe it. And we see it. God he is opening the heavens when we are preaching the gospel. That feeling is difficult to explain. For example, uh, the following crusade, there was a guy tormented for years, grown up man by demons so violently and so wild, so they had to chain his hands and his feet and his whole body. Chains, not ropes, he would break it. And three padlocks. He came from the neighboring village. The family took him to the crusade. Because they heard about the power. And everything is about souls. And suddenly he was set free. They unchained him. Took him to my stage. And I put my arm about around his shoulders. This grown up man started crying. Because he never felt love before. And he's still free. He's still free. I love the power. Several blind and old people received the eyesight. Old people, you know. Old people. Well, I don't know why I'm talking about old people. Maybe because I'm becoming old myself, you know. When you're young, you know, you're not talking about the old people at all. They just irritate you because they're old people. <laughs> <laughs> but I had another crusade. I have crusades all the time, you know. So there was a group of elderly people, elderly people. Every day they came forward for prayer. They were standing down there to my left side. And, and of course you have people praying for them. I prayed for them. And, but, you know, don't get me wrong if you feel you are elderly. Don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> how many? Huh? Huh? And everyone had a, the walking stick, you know. They were walking like this, men and women. And they came every day. So, uh, at the end of the week, it irritated me. I mean, we are praying. 
We are believing. And they are just, and they want prayer. They want us to pray for them, but still, huh? Huh? So I got so irritated, so I told my people, bring them to the stage. So they helped them up to, <laughs> to the platform, to the stage. Everybody was uh, with a walking stick, you know. And I'm not, I'm not mocking them. Of course, they were sick, they were in pain, they couldn't walk. Oh, I mean, it was difficult. But it irritates me. Huh? And even if Jesus himself showed up, they went, huh, who are you? So they came up, <laughs> and then I took the walking sticks, and he wouldn't give it to me. But I was stronger than them. And actually, <laughs> I put them under my arm. I think I had 20 walk, walking sticks under my arm. And I said, we've been praying for you every day, and you want prayer. You come forward. And, but you're saying, hey, now I'm not going to pray for you anymore. Said, Why not? <laughs> I said, because I already prayed for you. Now, I'm just proclaiming and announcing in the mighty name of Jesus, you are not sick anymore, and I don't return your walking stick. You will walk home tonight without your walking stick, and you will come tomorrow without your walking stick. In the name of Jesus. And suddenly, they were healed. And when they were walking home, like young people, Next day, they came like young people. They didn't need a walking stick. Sometimes people don't know and understand we already are healed. By his stripes, we were healed. By faith, we have to receive it. Several blind and old people received. You know, in the Western world, when you get old, you can't get healed. You're supposed to die. Or get assisted living. Nothing wrong with it. But it... That, it, I mean, from Europe, it irritates me. Anyway, I mean, when you get a little bit older, sit down and shut up and be in a corner. Useless. It's not in my book. I mean, I found in my book many elderly people started their ministry when they were elderly. Just think about Moses. He was 80 years old. I'm not there yet. God can. God want. As long as you are counted as a soul, God is interested in you. I know, don't get me wrong. Um, I know when you get older, maybe you can't run that fast anymore. But you can do something. You can do something. You can do something. <laughs> Last time we were in the U.S., I invited my wife for dinner because I can't cook. So I told her, whatever you want, you just order it. And it was really good. So now I wanted the, the check. I wanted to pay. And then the server came with the check. And it said, zero, zero, point zero, zero. I looked at it. We got all that food, a starter, a main, and a dessert. Zero, zero, point zero, zero. I said, maybe something is wrong. So I called him. I said, listen, it says zero, zero, point zero, zero. What happened? Or are there some, uh, somebody else in the restaurant who paid for, for me? And then he said, yes, it's paid. I wouldn't ask any question anymore. I told my wife, leave. 
Somebody paid. And I figured out who they were. An elderly couple in Pastor Sam's church. They were sitting over there. They recognized us. And they just wanted to bless us. God used them. And God blessed them. Because he did what he were able to do. All of us can do something. All of us. Sometimes, you know, we say, oh, it's just so small. No, 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 no. Never use that word, so small. Because if it's small, God can make it big. Not only can, he won't, he will make it big for somebody else. Amen? Amen? So, weak and destroyed bodies became new. And a deaf and a dumb little girl, I will never forget it, began to hear and speak for the very first time in her life. And I'm impulsive. I get so excited. When the families proved it, that she was born without a voice, without being able to speak, without being able to hear, and Jesus just did it. I taught her some word, and she repeated it. Mama, Baba, Egon, and so on. And finally, Jesus. It's everything about souls. And he is able. So let me close down if I can close down. So Satan is watching to see if his tactics is working. Jesus was tempted. Anybody attempted sometimes? I guarantee some of you are tempted to leave right now. But I'm telling you it's the devil. of us are tempted sometimes sometimes what should we do when we are tempted or when we are down in the valley laugh I, I love your pastor and today when he, he opened he was talking about the games and he was laughing it's okay I don't understand your games the baseball or you call it football and you, you I mean you use your hands and never, never use your foot uh, I don't understand it. Uh, it it can't it can't make me happy <laughs> I like games too I like boxing for example I like European soccer and my wife she don't like it but I do like it so I tell her if you don't like it you go to another room of the house or you, 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 I mean I, I mean it, it's I can laugh, and it's good to laugh. If there's no laughter in heaven, I'm not going to heaven. Because then it's hell. Joy. Joy. What should you do? Huh? And, uh, and you know, it irritates some Christians when I, I, I say that. Laugh. Loud. And rejoice. Yet that your circumstances are attracting the attention of God too. Love. But I don't feel it. It's nothing about feelings. If it would be about feelings, I mean, no. no. Feelings, we have different feelings, you know. If I mention uh, um, great and swim, my joy level is going up. Food. Food. Uh-huh. And Louisiana has some good food. 
and you start to laugh. <laughs> Nothing is wrong. Makes you happy. And we're supposed to be happy. Even when we don't feel it. Because what? The joy of the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's not my joy, but it's His joy. Because sometimes I don't feel joyful. But His joy, I can tap into His joy. And I can rejoice. Uh, Psalm 23, uh, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I walk through. I'm not bringing my camper. I'm not bringing my tent. I'm not stopping up. The devil is attacking me. Everything is against me. My feelings is against me. People are is against me. The demons is against me. I'm in the valley of the shadow of the death. But I'm just walking through it. Walking, 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 walking. Because the joy of the Lord. What some people do? I can't do it. I tell you if you can do it. Just take it. Just pretend you are happy. Because when you pretend, (laughs) it only takes some few minutes. You will feel happy. Praise the Lord. No, I don't. Praise Him anyhow. Praise Him because God is good. And His love endures forever. Praise Him because He is your shepherd and you shall not want anything. Praise Him because you are forgiven. All your sins are erased. Praise Him because you are healed. Praise Him because you are delivered. Praise Him because you are not under the curse. Praise Him because you are under the blessings. I don't feel it. Do it anyhow. Take it. And if you find it too hard to do it, open your Bible and read it. In a short period of time, you will feel the strength and the joy. I tell you, the devil hates Christians who are believers. And acting on their faith and worship him, even everything is against it. Amen? Please stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I know I, I use too much time. It's okay. It has it doesn't has to be long because it has to be long. I think you understand me. Yeah? But if we don't have time for God, why should God has time for us? If I don't have time for my wife, why should she have has time for me? If we as a church don't have time for the people of the world, why should they have time for us? I know God can do it quickly. And I believe he will do it quickly. And uh, people are back home in Africa, they know I, I never close. <laughs> because then they start again. <laughs> But it's so amazing. We went to Denmark. And, uh, and then we would pray. Uh, I was preaching Sunday morning in a church. About the guy in the gospel. Who was epileptic. But in, in the old Danish translation. It, it, it's really, really explaining that there are at least two types of ep- epileptics. 
There's one which is physical. Physical. Nothing about demons. But then there's another type. It's acting like it's physical, but it's demonic. So I was very careful because I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't like people when they get angry at me. So I really, in my mother tongue, Danish explained it. So after the service, a young lady came to me. She was very angry. Oh my goodness. You are telling me I'm demon-possessed. I have epileptics. I said, listen, lady, I don't know anything about you. And I, I, I tried my best to explain it. So don't get upset and angry. So we talked, and she was, she was so angry. A couple of weeks later, we, we were in another city, and, and I was invited to preach one night in a tent, camp, a tent meeting, in a camp meeting. And then I gave an altar call, and people came forward. And my wife, she went to the left and prayed for people. I went to the right And as I was praying for people over there, my wife was praying over there, I heard a lady screaming. Screaming. And I recognized it's not, I mean, ladies, they can scream. But I recognized it wasn't normal. I recognized it was demonic. So in my in my world, I said, those Danish people don't know anything about demons possessed people. So I better go over there and try to help Because we live it in every, every, uh, all the time, you know. So when I came over there, it was that lady. The same lady. And my wife, she went down to pray for her. And my wife told me, uh, she recognized it. It wasn't, not, not a, it wasn't physical. It was demonic. But then she said, I can't, I, I mean, if I, if I pray in Danish, cast out the demons, she would be angry and upset at me. Then she said, I started to pray in Swahili. Our, our language in, in Tanzania. Nobody understands Swahili in Denmark. Maybe some few missionaries. So my wife, she started to command the devils to leave this lady in a foreign language. And the devil understood it. In Denmark. The lady herself didn't understand it. But the demons in her understood it and had to leave. Even my wife, she was using a foreign language. Because she used the name of Jesus. It tells me that God is so awesome. God is so awesome. So whatever you need. Can you give me 10 minutes? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If you want me to pray for you, just come come to the front. 10 minutes and we are leaving. Just come, whatever it is, whatever it is. You don't have to mention it for me. I just want, uh, you will ask me, why should I come to the front? I want an action. I want an action of faith. To step up and show God, I need it. I need, you've been praying for it. You've been struggling with it. Even for months and for years. But I believe, I believe it can happen in a split of a second. Nothing is too hard for God, ma'am. Nothing is too hard. It's too hard for you and it's too hard for me. But for God it's not too hard. He can do it. He will do it. He said, pray. And what? And then what? And receive it. In Jesus' name. And all the rest of you, lift your hands. And pray. And pray together with me. I want you to pray. And I want all of you to pray. 
In Jesus' name. You're so quiet. You're so quiet. In Africa, when I tell people to pray, I can't hear myself. <laughs> and I like that. I like that. When I grew up, people were praying. You could hear them far away. Pray as you mean it. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for this wonderful church. I thank you for the wonderful people here. And I thank you for all the souls. And each and everyone is standing here. And you know them and you know the situation. What you are praying for and believing for. And I join my heart and I join my faith in Jesus name. From this very moment, you set them free. You release them. You bless them. You do whatever is needed to do. You heal their minds. You heal their souls. You heal their bodies. And from this moment on, we will see your glory upon their life. And people will be amazed. And some will be shocked that you did it in a split of a second. We believe it because you are interested in our lives. And you are good God. You are faithful God. And we pray in the name of Jesus. And we believe it in the name of Jesus. And we receive it in the name of Jesus. And we give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus wonderful name and everyone shout amen amen Amen. and shout again shout again answer is already no no it's not under its way it's already there it's already there watch out for it you look at me do do you really believe it I would be stupid not to believe it. And I felt in my heart God told me to do it. So it is going to happen. I'm closing. I'm on my way down. How How can an elderly woman, 90 years old, and her husband, 100 years old, never had kids, but one visit from God... The impossible become possible. And the son of the promise came true. The promise is coming true for you. I I think I'm prophesying. The promise God gave you is coming true. And as you are leaving church today, the devil is waiting for you outside. Just laugh at him. Too late, Mr. Devil. It's coming true. It's already there. The impossible is already possible. In Jesus' wonderful name. Isaac was born by an old woman. (laughs) It couldn't happen. Even today. But for God, everything is possible. Take it. Leave with it. Watch out for it. And be blessed in Jesus' wonderful name. We love you.